You can pass through his open gates with the password phrase. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means.
Good evening, everybody. So glad, glad that you could come out here to Victor Christian Fellowship tonight. For Wednesday night, refreshing. What uh, times of refreshing are going to come from God's presence? So, Heavenly Father, we come with open hearts, ready to receive out of your presence tonight. We look to you, Lord. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. And we give you thanks and praise for what you're going to do in us, through us, and to us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. From the highest throne to the earth below, you lay down your life for the likes of us. Great is the love of a Savior. From a wounded heart to a life made whole, every human heart will declare as one. Great is the love.
I speak my word to you, says the Lord. It's an anchor to your soul. It's a solution to every problem. It's a way out where there seems to be no way. Take a hold of my word. Put it in your heart. Let it lead God and direct you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. What a glorious Wednesday it is. And we have the privilege of gathering together to have an encounter with God. If you came for an ordinary service, well, that's not here. We like to flow with the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. Hallelujah. Well, I want to just let you know some things that are happening here at BCF. Uh, This Sunday, July 16th, we're going to have a baptism service. So we're going to have our regular service, and then it'll be a shorter service. That'll be a miracle. No, just kidding. (laughs) No, really. Uh, And then uh, 
After the service, we're going to go to uh, Miss Dottie's pool and we're going to have a baptism. If you'd like to be baptized, uh, there's a sign-up sheet by the offering container as you come in. And uh, you can sign up. And uh, this weekend will be the last weekend uh, for our youth to be here. They're taking uh, seven people and they're going to go to a fire conference uh, in Tampa, Florida with uh, Rodney Howard Brown in the River Church there. So they're going to have a good time, and uh, that's going to be great. And we're going to pray for them on Sunday. Hallelujah. And uh, on August 6th, that's the first Sunday of, in August, we're going to have uh, Reverend uh, Sushil Kumar. He is the Raymer director in uh, Chandigarh there, and he's going to be with us. This will be the first time he, he was with us on a Sunday. He was with us here on a Wednesday this year, but uh, he'll be with us on a Sunday. And so that's going to be an incredible time. Uh, invite some people to come and uh, be a part of that and get in what God is doing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Anything else? Hmm? You're going to meet at the square on Saturday. What time? At 9.30. So at 9.30, if you'd like to uh, make yourself available to be a witness to God, a witness to our community. Uh, Pastors Nelson and Nadine and our youth group are going to be at the square in Palmyra. That's right across from the post office there uh, from 930 to 1030. So uh, if you want to just show up uh, anytime during that time and uh, be a blessing, you can do that and uh, it'll be a good time. Amen? Amen. All right. I want to share something with you from Genesis chapter 46. Genesis chapter 46 and uh, verses 1 to 4. You know, I don't want you to ever think that giving to God is something that we just do out of duty or it's drudgery. But it's part of our relationship with God. And notice in Jacob's relationship with God, Genesis 46 Verses 1 to 4. And Israel took his journey with all that he had, and he came to Beersheba. And he offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. Say, he offered sacrifices. Now, in that time, in that agricultural economy, they would offer a sheep or a goat or a bull or whatever, but they would offer their livestock, which was part of their income, to God. And notice verse 2, and God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night, and he said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, here am I. Whenever God says your name twice, it's going to be good, and it's very important. So isn't it interesting how God spoke to him after the offering? He gave an offering, and and that opened up his communication with God. And then he said this, verse 3, he said, I am God. The God of your father, fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will will there make of you a great nation. Wouldn't it be nice to know if you're going somewhere that God's going with you? Amen. And uh, Jacob was getting ready to take all of uh, his 70 people into Egypt uh, to be with Joseph. And uh, God said, I'm going to be with you there in verse 4. I will go down with you into Egypt. 
And I will also surely bring you up again, and Joseph shall put his hands upon your eyes. Hallelujah. But you see, that offering was just a part of his relationship with God. Amen? God never told Jacob, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. So uh, anytime that you have an opportunity to give, it's a good thing to give. Amen? And you can give here anytime during the service. If you're watching online, you can give through the website. Father, we give you thanks and praise, and we just bless the givers and their gifts tonight. And we give you thanks and praise, Father, that you multiply it back unto them, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And we call them blessed, blessed, blessed by you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, we got some awesome, handsome, and beautiful kids in this place tonight. So we want to dismiss our kids to have a class. So kids, have a great class. Be blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Kids living in faith every day. All right. Well, I want you to turn to the book of Jonah tonight. This is fresh off the press. It was something that I had been reading But then I saw something that I've never seen before. How many have ever seen something in the Bible that you've never seen before? Amen? That should happen all the time. You'll never get to the bottom of the Bible because it's a living book. It's God's living word. And, uh, you know, Jonah got himself into some trouble. And he was experiencing distress. Any of you ever gotten into trouble? And experiencing distress in life? Well, how would you like to know to get out of trouble and overcome distress? You know, how many of God, if, if you experience trouble or distress in life, God's got a way out. He's got a way for you to overcome. Amen? And out of Jonah's life, we're going to see some keys that's going to help us to get out of trouble and overcome distress. And... uh God does not want you to be stressed out. He wants you to be joyful. Amen? You know, stress will weigh you down. Stress will hinder your progress. Stress will counteract you fulfilling God's plan for your life. And God wants you free from stress. Amen? All right, let's look at this in Jonah chapter 1. We know the story, verse 1, Jonah 1. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So Jonah was a prophet. Right? Some think he was a bullfrog, but no, he was a prophet. Or no, that's not Jonah, is it? I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up my story. That's Jeremiah. Got to get my prophet straightened out. So Jonah was a prophet, and God gave him a directive. He gave him a call and he says, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach against it, prophesy against it, cry against it. 
Okay? How many has ever heard the word of the Lord for you to do a specific thing, but you didn't want to do it? Don't raise your hands. Just keep smiling and looking forward. Right? You know, sometimes we encounter God's thing, God, what God says in his word or what God speaks to us directly. He tells us to do something. Or we read that we're supposed to do something, right? And we're like, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. All right? Or my favorite one is, I'm not led. I don't feel led. Well, I can give you a couple of sinkers if you want to feel led. So, Jonah resisted the will of God. Jonah disobeyed what God said. All right, look at verse 3. But, so he, did Jonah hear the word of the Lord? Was the word of the Lord clear? So, Jonah heard the word, but he didn't want to do the word. Okay, verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You can run, but you can't hide. There's no place on this planet that you could get away from God's presence. So Jonah flew, he he fled from the presence of the Lord and he went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare. He paid his own money to disobey God. That's a poor investment. And he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Okay? So Jonah was in a place of disobedience. God had given him a word, but Jonah didn't want to do it. So Jonah's fleeing, right? And uh, this is where the trouble begins. When you get out of God's will... You get into the will of trouble. Because the trouble that's about to happen, God didn't cause it, Jonah caused it. Okay? So, uh, to make a long story short, right? He's on this ship, and a storm arises while he's on this ship, right? And this is an incredible storm. And, uh, you know, it frightened the sailors. You know the storm's bad when the sailors are frightened, right? And everybody was saying, okay, you need to call on your God, you need to pray. And Jonah was asleep. (laughs) It's amazing how you can be so comfortable out of the will of God. When you can sleep in the midst of a storm. There's going to be a lot of hmms tonight, I can tell. That means I'm giving you something good. So, look at verse 8. Then they said unto him, tell us, we pray you, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And what of what people are you? So here was Jonah 
asleep in the bottom of the ship. Everybody's running around trying to figure out what's going on. This evil has come upon us. This storm has overtaken us. It's a bad storm. It's, and it's affecting the ship. It's affecting the crew. And he's there taking Z's, sleeping. So verse 9, he says, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord. I guess not too much. Isn't it interesting how we can say the right thing but do the wrong thing? You know, so many times people come to a service like this and they put on their happy mask. But they're dealing with some stuff. Right? But if everybody was looking at you, you, everybody would be thinking you okay, but you're dealing with some stuff. Or you're going through some stuff. But I got on my happy face. Okay? He said, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which has made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he told them. They probably didn't pay attention to it. They said, Hey, I'm going to get on your ship because God called me to do something, and I don't want to do it. I'm just going to come in your ship and hide. When you try to hide from God's presence, it'll invite trouble into your life. And, and it'll trouble people around you. See, people think that when they disobey God, they're just, it's just between them and God. No, your disobedience affects others. You gotta be careful who you let on your ship. Okay? So then, they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was wrong. Now, now let me say something here too. When Jonah fled from God's presence, he was not in faith. He was acting outside of the scope of faith. He was doing his own thing apart from God's word. Faith comes by what? And hearing what? So when, when we do something apart from the word that we heard... We're going against God's will. That's not faith. It doesn't take faith to disobey God. It doesn't take faith to do your own thing. It doesn't take faith to go the way of the world. It takes faith to follow God. It takes faith to please God. So Jonah was not in faith at this time in his disobedience. He's fleeing from God. He doesn't want to go do what God said. All right? So... Verse 12, he said to them, take me up, cast me forth into the sea, so, so shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. See, and this storm, they had to throw all the cargo off the ship. So all the people who had cargo on that ship lost their investment because of one person's disobedience. Okay, so Jonah knows now he's getting in faith. Say, I'm getting in faith now. How long does it take a person to get in faith? One decision, one moment. You can make a decision. I'm going to get in faith now. He got in faith in verse 12 when he said, throw me overboard because I'm the cause of this storm. He knew. 
He knew he was doing the wrong thing. He knew he was disobeying God. But he knew what the solution was. He is putting his trust and faith in God. Throw me overboard. I'm going to surrender myself to God and the storm will be calm. Okay? Well, they didn't want to do that. So, uh, you know, they tried some other things. They tried to keep rowing, but <laughs> that's toil. Right? Do, doing your, your own thing the natural way to try to solve a spiritual problem. Okay? And uh, so, uh, you know, verse 13 says, They rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea was wrought and, the temp- the, and, the, and was tempestuous, tempestuous against them. And so they, they cried out to the Lord, and they said, Lord, we beseech you, let, let, not, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon innocent blood, for you, Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from being raging. The prophet spoke, and what the prophet said was true. Then the man feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. See, now when they saw that this was God, they changed their life. They, they had a quick change on the ship, right? Now look at verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Everybody say, God prepared. God already had a way out of disobeying God for Jonah set up. He wasn't going to drown in the sea. He was going to be captured by a fish that God prepared. Okay? Jonah had the greatest fish story ever told. He didn't catch the fish. The fish caught him. So now, things have gotten worse. Okay, now he's in his heart, he makes a decision, I'm going to obey God. But now, he's not in a ship, he's in the belly of a fish. Which would you rather be in? In the belly of the fish... There's nothing else but seaweed. And I guess you could tell Jonah, no guts, no glory. (laughs) How are you going to get out of the belly of a fish? You can't see anything. It's dark. There's no other person. Who are you going to tell your problem to? You're all by yourself. Wait a minute. Jonah wasn't by himself. In the darkest place and the most loneliest place, you've got someone that you can call upon to get you out of that situation. God never leaves you. 
nor forsakes you. Even when you disobey what he asks you to do or what he tells you to do, God has grace, God has mercy. And this is God's grace. The fish is God's grace and mercy upon Jonah. In chapter 2, we see the principles on how to get out of trouble and overcome distress. Amen? Want to hear more? All right. Here's where Jonah, okay, in, in chapter 1, verse 12, number 1, Jonah gets in faith. Everybody say, it's time to get in faith. When you know that you're not doing what God wants you to do, the moment to change that is right now. Because if you wait another minute, it may cost you your life. Oh, it's not going to cost me my life. Really? You don't know that. You don't know that. So, number one, Jonah gets in faith. Number two, ver- chapter two, verse one. Now, granted, he's in the belly of a, way, of a fish, okay? And this fish was designed specifically for God, by God, for this purpose, okay? The word fish in Hebrew doesn't distinguish between any marine animal This was just something that God prepared for Jonah for this time. Okay? Because they say that there's not another creature that could swallow a man whole like that, I guess. I don't know. But this was prepared by God. Okay, verse chapter 2, verse 1. You have to understand, Jonah was thrown overboard from a ship in the midst of a storm into the ocean, into the depths of the sea. And he's swallowed by this fish. So now he's in the fish. Look at verse 1. Then Jonah prayed. Everybody say, then he prayed. Step number two to get out of trouble and to overcome distress is to pray. Praying in the belly of the whale, it showed me this. You can have the power of prayer from anywhere. Everybody say, you can pray from anywhere. It doesn't matter what situation you, you, you end up in. It doesn't matter how dark it is, how alone you are. It doesn't matter. You can pray to God. You can call upon God. You can call. You have a, a way out. And your way out begins with prayer. Number, it begins with you getting in faith. Number two, it begins with prayer. Because if you're not in faith when you pray, your prayer doesn't make any difference anyway. You gotta pray in faith. So Jonah had to get in faith, then he could pray. Amen? Go to Psalm 120. Hold your place here in Jonah. Go to Psalm 120, verse 1. Psalm 120, verse 1. Notice what it says. Oh, hallelujah. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and what? He heard me. Say, he heard me. I'm telling you, if, you if, if you're experiencing trouble and distress, you've got a way out of trouble, and you've got a way out to overcome distress. Amen? Number one, you get in faith. Number two, you pray. All right? God specializes in situations that are too big for you. God specializes in situations where you don't know what to do. God, you can, 
You don't need a phone to call God. All you need is a voice. You could be in any kind of situation. Joseph, Jonah was in the belly of a whale in the ocean for three days. But yet, he prayed in his darkest hour, in his deepest need. And not only did he pray, but God heard him. God heard his prayer. There wasn't static. It wasn't a dropped call. His prayer from the belly of the whale under the water went directly to heaven. That's how powerful prayer is. Hallelujah. Psalm, go to Psalm 130, verse 1. Look at Psalm 130, verse 1. Oh, hallelujah. Verses 1 and 2. Out of the depths of distress, I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. Say, out of distress. Distress is trouble. All right? Distress, uh, the very word distress, it means suffering, pain, anguish, grief, and misery. It means when... When you're facing adversity, affliction, and, you, and you're travailing. Okay? That's what it means to have distress. It's the condition of needing immediate assistance. You know, you may have seen those commercials where people have those warning things where they can wear on their neck or their wrist, right? And if they fall, and if they can't get up, they can press that and get help, Right? Well, we don't need a device. All we need is a voice. If we've fallen and we can't get up, we can cry out to God and God will be able to help us. Amen? So, and trouble is anxiety, misfortune, concern, and difficulty. Jonah was facing distress and trouble. Number one, the distress and trouble was caused by himself, by his choice, by his actions. God did not put him uh, in the storm. Jonah put himself in the storm. He paid his own way to get on that ship, to get out of God's presence, but you can't get out of God's presence. God knows where you are. Even if, even if your comforter is covered in you, he still sees you. Even if you're under the bed, he still knows you're there. You can't run from God's presence. He's at the highest mountain and the lowest point. He's everywhere. Okay? But thank God Jonah prayed. Psalm 50 verse 15 says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Say, God will deliver me. Hallelujah. Okay? So Jonah prayed, and we can pray when we're experiencing trouble and distress. Get in faith, step one. Step two, pray, call upon God. Step three, it's found in verse two, or I'm sorry, verse four. Uh, go back to Jonah 2, 4. It says this, then I said, I am cast out of your sight, yet I will look again to your holy temple. Say, I will look again. 
Step number three is you got to look to the Lord. You got to get your eyes off of your circumstance, out of your situation, and you got to look to something higher. You got to look to something bigger. You got to look to someone greater. Jonah looked to God. How could he see God? He was in the belly of the whale. You could see God by faith. You, your, your, your faith has eyes. Your faith has ears. You can connect with God. You can see God by faith. To look, Jonah, he, verse 4 says, I will look again to your holy temple. To look means to cause, to behold, to consider, to regard, to have respect. It means to look intently. It wasn't just a passing gaze, but it's, it's almost like a stare down in a good way. See, Jesus is our example. He is our portion. He is our all in all. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to come back to Jonah. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hallelujah. This is powerful. When, see, here's the thing. When you're in distress, you don't feel like looking anywhere but the distress and the trouble. You're looking to your pain or you're looking to your loneliness. You're looking to how many people aren't with you or how many people hurt you or all the bad things that you experience. That's what we focus on. And if the devil can keep you looking at those things, you'll never get out of trouble or distress. You've got to look to God. You've got to be able to rise above your situation. Hebrews 12, 2. It says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When Jesus went to the cross, he wasn't looking at the cross. He wasn't looking at the crown. He wasn't looking at the whips or the bruises or the spear. He was looking to his Father God. He was looking at something greater than the cross, something beyond the cross. He kept his eyes on his Father. And that's what caused him to go through the cross. If Jesus can go through the cross, you can go through trouble. You were not meant to camp out in trouble. You were not meant to camp out in distress. You were meant to go through them. Those are temporary moments in your life in compared to the bigger scheme. God wants you going through. Oh, the Bible does say trouble will come. Jesus himself told his disciples, he said, if the world hates, the world hates me, it's going to hate you. So when the world hates you because you believe in Jesus, you're going to experience trouble. But guess what? Let the trouble come because it's not going to be a long time. I'm going through it. I'm going to overcome it. It's not going to keep me from my progress. Why? Because when trouble comes, I know I'm getting out. When distress comes, I know I'm going to overcome it. Say, I know. I'm going to get out of trouble. Say, I know. I'm going to overcome distress. When you got Jesus, you got to get out of trouble card. When you got Jesus, you got a, 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 an overcome distress card. You can play that card anytime trouble comes, anytime distress comes. You can play your get out of trouble and distress card. It works all the time. It's like a master key. 
that opens that door. Hallelujah. See, faith sees things. Faith sees things. Faith knows things. Faith says things. And faith does things. Amen? All right. Number three. Go back to Jonah. Hallelujah. Number three. So, number one, he got in faith. Number two, he prayed. Number three, he looked at Jesus. So this is number four. It's found in verse six. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. He recognized the Lord as his personal God. He recognized, he remembered God. You could, you could think of all the emotions he was going through. He was in disobedience, so he, so the enemy, because he was disobeying, the enemy was bombarding him with guilt, shame, and condemnation. He was feeling distress because not only was he the cause of the trouble, but he troubled other people. But yet, he recognized the Lord his God. He said, O Lord, my God, you have brought my life up from the pit. That's, he had like a resurrection experience. He was, he was as close to death as you could get. He was on the brink. He was on the verge. But yet, he knew that God would deliver him. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 4.7, it says this. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God whenever we call on him? Do you know how, how near God is to you? Guess what? He is right there with you in the trouble. He is right there with you, whatever's causing you distress, and he is the way out. He is the way to overcome. Amen? Hallelujah. Second Samuel 22, verse 4. It says, I call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. I am saved from my enemies. Say, I'm saved from my enemies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Acts 2.21. It says, and it shall be that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means it can't go any other way. If you, if you exercise the name of the Lord, salvation is going to take place. Deliverance is going to take place. Healing is going to take place. Restoration is going to take place. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be. It can't go any other way. We've got the name of the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Look at Proverbs 3 and verse 6. Proverbs 3 and verse 6. Hallelujah. We're getting out of trouble and distress tonight. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't matter what the trouble, it works in all trouble. Any kind of trouble that will come against you, this works to get you out. Any kind of distress that comes in your life, this works to get you out. 
if Jonah can get out of the belly of a, of a fish underneath the water, what can you get out of? You know, you compared to Jonah, things aren't so bad. Things aren't so bad. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Jonah did not have a map to get out of the belly of the fish. He did not have a light to show him the way out of the belly of the fish. But when you acknowledge God in all of your ways, he will direct your path. He will show you a way out. He will, he will make a way where there was no way. So... Jonah got in faith, Jonah prayed, Jonah looked to the Lord, Jonah recognized the Lord, his God. Amen? He acknowledged God, and he confessed it with his mouth. Hallelujah. Go back to Jonah, chapter 2, verse 7. Here's the next point. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came into you, into your holy temple. Think about it. When your soul faints, you're in pretty dire straits. When your soul faints, you have, you don't want to do anything. You don't want to say anything. You probably don't even want to be around people. All you want to do is eat ice cream. No, I don't know. How many's ever been to a point where your soul was fainted within you? You know, if, if what's inside has fainted, what's outside isn't going to last long. Right? Because the Bible says, a wounded spirit, who can bear? My soul fainted within me. Yet, everybody say yet. He said, I made a prayer unto God, unto your holy temple. All right, so he remembered the Lord and he prayed. Jonah became more mindful of God than his disobedience and the belly of the fish that he was in. He became more mindful of God than his circumstances that he he found himself in. He became more mindful of God. You know, Colossians says, set your mind on things above. We got to set our mind on some things that are higher than this earthly realm, that are deeper than, than what we see and feel and can touch with our hands. There is a spiritual realm that is more real than this physical realm because the physical realm came out of the spiritual realm. Right? God made something out of nothing with his words. Right? He brought it into being. Okay? And here's, see, sometimes the enemy wants to get you so stressed out that you forget what God has done for you. You forget how he saved you. You forget that he called you. You forget how he loves you. You forget his faithfulness. You forget how his peace that passes understanding can can be yours. And and you're experiencing this trouble and distress. But there's a, say there's a way out. Look, look at your neighbor and say, there's a way out. Hallelujah. 
So he remembered God. You know, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 20, verse 7, he said, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember to trust in the name of the Lord of our God. Amen. I'm not going to trust in man's way to get me out of this situation. I'm not going to trust in the world's way. I'm going to put my trust in God. It doesn't matter where I end up in. God can deliver me. God can help me. God can save me. God can strengthen me. God can speak to me. Anybody that can make a road through the Red Sea can do anything. Anybody that can impregnate a virgin can do anything. Nothing is too hard for God. Say, nothing is too hard for my God. Say, nothing is too big for my God. Nothing is too challenging for my God. How many things can you do through Christ? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Hallelujah. So Jonah remembered God. All right, then go down to verse 9. This is the next point. I forget what number it is, so it's the next point. Okay, Jonah 2.9. I will sacrifice unto you with the voice of thanksgiving. Everybody say the voice of thanksgiving. Did you know that thanksgiving has a voice? And that voice needs to be made known. How are you going to give thanks when you're in the belly of the fish underneath the water? Because there's a God who's not in the water. There's a God who created this universe. You give thanks not because of your circumstances, but because of God, who God is. I don't care what bad thing is happening. You can find something good about God to give thanks to. Jonah, Jonah gave Thanks. I will sacrifice. Let me tell you something. It was a sacrifice for Jonah. Sometimes, oh, Hebrew says, giving the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. Sometimes it's a sacrifice because your body is telling you, you ain't got nothing to be thankful for. Why are you thanking God? Your body's going to resist you. Your circumstances are coming against you. The opinion of people is contradicting what God says, but you can find a reason to give thanks. You got to raise your voice of thanksgiving. That's a way out of trouble and how to overcome distress. You've got to give thanks. The NIV says this. I like the NIV. Verse 1. It says, with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. Say with shouts of grateful praise. That's thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not just saying, oh, thank you. Thanksgiving is offering God shouts of grateful praise. Exciting praise. Vibrant praise. Energetic praise. Passionate praise. How can you praise Him? Because it's it's not about your circumstances, it's about God. He wasn't praising the circumstances, he was praising his God. What else are you going to do in the belly of the fish? Can't watch TV, can't listen to the radio, you might as well talk to God. You might as well declare how big God is. Jonah, notice it did not record Jonah complaining or murmuring or grumbling because of how he ended up where he was. He knew how he ended up there. His own disobedience. When you step out of faith, you step into the will of the devil. 
Oh, you didn't hear that. The moment you step out of faith is one step closer to the will of the devil. Oh, but it's just one step. Yeah, but that one step is taking you in the wrong direction. If a pilot is one degree off of their destination, they they could miss it by miles. Isn't that right, pilots? (laughs) Hallelujah. The English Standard Version says, With the voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Glory to God. A voice of thanksgiving, a voice of praise, a voice of celebration, gladness, excitement. Why? I'm not going to, the belly of the fish is not my destination. It's just something I'm visiting. It's not my final destination. I've, I've flown in airports in different places of the world, and if I experience a delay, it's not my final destination. I'm going to get to where I need to be. Yeah, this delay, I don't like it. I I may not like it, but I know it's not the final thing. It's not the end of all ends. I'm going to get to where I need to be. Jonah knew that he was supposed to be in Nineveh, not the belly of the fish. So he had hope. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient... You'll eat the good of the land. But what about verse 20? We, we like to quote verse 19. If you're willing and obedient, you eat the best of the land. But what about verse 20? But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So rebellion will cost you. If you ref- it's your choice. You could be willing and obedient. Everybody say willing. And obedient. You got to have both. You got to be willing and obedient. But if you refuse and rebel, see, when, when Jonah refused to do what God said, he was actually rebelling against God. And rebelling against God never works out in your favor, ever. All right? But thank God he came around. Although it took the first submarine ride. You know, God has ways, you know, God has ways of encouraging us to do his will, right? You know, in Jonah's case, I mean, okay, the belly of the fish or Nineveh. I think I'll go to Nineveh, right? I know uh, in one preacher, he was running from God and he joined the Navy and and uh, he had, uh, I don't know if it was tuberculosis or some, some disease, whatever he had. I don't know what the disease was. But finally, he was running, running, running from God. And God showed him a coffin or a pulpit. And he said, you choose. I think I'll take the pulpit. <laughs> that looks better than the coffin. <laughs> Amen. And then finally, look at verse 10. What did Jonah do? Number one, he got in faith. Number two, he prayed. Number three, he looked to the Lord. Number four, he acknowledged God. Number five, he remembered God. Right? Uh, 
he, uh, he gave thanks, right? He did all these things. And then look at verse 10. You know, when you do your part, God will do his part. This was after Jonah did what he did. The Bible says you draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Why does it say that? Because he already made the first move. He already left heaven and came to earth and was a man. He walked in your shoes. He felt what you felt. He experienced what you experienced. He, he went from all light to darkness, no pain and sorrow to pain and sorrow, right? So now he finished. What did Jesus say at 33 and a half years old? It is finished. I'm retiring early. He did his work so quick, he retired. His, he, he, he completed his work in three and a half years. 30 years of training for three and a half years work. He went on the cross. He became the sacrificial lamb. He shed his blood. He died and he rose again. Boom. It's done. Say it's done. So now when he says draw near to God, that's based on what he already did. So when we draw near to God, we got to take, sometimes we got to take that step of faith first. Jonah had to do these things first so that he could get verse 10. What does verse 10 say? And the Lord spoke unto the fish. He commanded, other versions say he commanded the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. He went from the ship and the storm into the belly of the fish to dry land. With a seaweed hat and a seaweed shirt. And everybody that met Jonah said, something smells fishy, Jonah. (laughs) Listen, we do our part, God always does his part. It's not a question of whether or not God will do his part. The question is, will we do our part? Say, I have a part to play. God told the fish what to do. Not only did God prepare the fish, he commanded the fish. If that fish wasn't there, Jonah would have drowned. Think about it. If God hadn't prepared a way out of his mess, he would have drowned. But God had a catcher. The fish was his usher. And the fish caught Jonah because God knew what was going to happen. God had it prepared ahead of time. What God, is, what God says is so. That's our new reality. If you're dealing with a physical challenge and God says you're healed, you're healed is a new reality. Sickness is old news. Your new reality is I'm healed by his stripes. You've got to let God's word become your new reality. What God says is, say, what God says is so. Say, everything that God said is true. Say, my God cannot lie. And that's true. He said it himself. He can't lie. Right? Jonah was released from the mess, trouble, and distress that he was in, in a moment. In a moment. Once he got his heart right with God, 
the fish was ready to Jonah became a fish cannonball. (laughs) You know, like those guys that get shot out of a cannon, Jonah got shot out of a fish. (laughs) When Jonah changed himself and his perspective in the midst of his trouble and distress... His prayer, and he directed his prayer to God, his circumstance changed. They did not remain the same. They couldn't. Say they, they couldn't remain the same. The stress and trouble were over. And now he was on dry land where he could walk and he could see light. And he was looking for a change of clothes. <laughs> and the same way that Jonah got out of trouble and overcame distress is the same way that you and I can get out of trouble and overcome distress. Faith in God, prayer to God, thanks to God, acknowledging God, recognizing God, confessing God. You know, profess... uh, In Hebrews, it says, uh, stay with your confession of faith. Don't give it up because it has great recompense of reward. Right? And, you know, Jonah was more than willing now to do what God wanted him to do. And do you know God didn't scold him? But God was there with him, directing him, guiding him, leading him, helping him to get on the right path, to do the right thing. The right thing is doing what God said, no matter what. Are you willing to do what God said no matter what? Even if your life depended on it, are you willing to do what God said? That was one yes, that's two yeses. Can I get three? Can I get four? Come on, we got to be willing to do what God said no matter what. And and this is not a time for excuses. You can't say I'm too old because Moses started when he was 80 and he finished when he was 120. So you're not too old. John the Baptist started when he was in the womb. You're not too young. Amen? But now is the time when God is looking for some people who will rise up and do what God says no matter what. I don't care how much pressure the world puts on you. I don't care how many friends you have to lose because you're obeying God. It doesn't matter. It's time to obey God. It's time to do what God says without delay. Because where are you going to run to? You can't run from Him anyway. So there's no use running. You might as well just yield. You might as well just submit to God. Amen. Now, if you came in here tonight with trouble and distress, you're facing trouble and distress. It could be it could be financial. It could be physical. It could be turmoil within. It doesn't matter. You're coming out of it tonight. You're, you're going to overcome it tonight. Right now, tonight, in this moment. Why? I've given you the word of the Lord on how to get out. Amen? And you are not going to stay in that trouble and distress any longer. Your circumstances are going to change just like that. So if you need to change, I want you to come up here right now in the name of Jesus.
Don't be bashful or shy. If you're wondering if you should 